0: This is Crystal, and this is me. Welcome to I'm Not a Peach Crayon. So this time we're talking about the anthology series Soul City. And Isha, you're the one who told me about this series. Um, How did you find out about it? Uh, so I happened to be, I don't know what time of day it was, but scrolling randomly through, uh, Instagram. As we all do a lot of scrolling nowadays. Uh, yeah. Um, I guess I I forgot why I was on Instagram that particular time, but every once in a while I get, uh, targeted ads. And sometimes I'm like, F you for tracking everything I'm talking about. And other times I'm like, ooh, thank you. And this was one of those. Uh, so I found it maybe a few months back or not even a few months back because it dropped in April. So maybe I saw it in like May, early June. Uh, So it is an anthology series, like you said, set this season is set in New Orleans and it's a three part series for season one. And it's done by Cudi and Chike, who are two directors. And when I looked up who they were, because apparently they have some laurels under their belt. They are known for being acclaimed directors of Kanye West's Through the Wire music video. Okay. I never saw Through that the video. Why? I don't, I don't I, I remember, remember it either. I remember Khan singing that song. Yeah. Thonda. Yes. And I guess they he he did a version or he had her on a version. I've heard, and his, they, I've heard his version, yes, but I've just never seen I the don't, video. I don't think I've seen the video either. But they were th- with that. They also did ESPN's 30 for 30 Benji. Never saw it, but I, I know, know 30 for 30 is like... They they do uh, bios basically on important people, Uh, and then they also did. I had something else that they were also featured. They did a Muhammad Ali, uh, biop or something like that as well. They've done a few things, so they have. Yeah, they have some laurels under their belt. Uh, They've done a few things, and I believe how when I was reading and looking up information about how this got started, they had. How they, how they described it was that Chike was having like dreams and he would like wake up in the middle of the night and write down these ideas. And they were approached by two women who run like an independent film company or something like that Invisible Hand or Invisible Something. I don't really remember. I kind of reread this morning, but we can always post yeah, the one. I like, think it was something like Invisible Pictures or something. Yeah, like something that. like that with Invisible. But it was just in some other J la- name. And these two women approached them and said that, hey, we're doing something for Topic. And I'd never heard of Topic before, but apparently it's very much like Quibi, Quiet Quibi, which is another streaming service that right. just came it's out. it's a small little niche service that's mm-hmm. uh, start gotten started pretty recently. I think most people would probably know them from doing um, a kind of bootleg version of The Princess Bride. Are you talking about Topic or Quibi? Quibi, oh. with celebrities doing that in order to help World Kitchen. I didn't know that. So for me with Topic, if you all don't, I I saw it was also on Amazon Prime, but we don't have Amazon Prime like that. So if you don't have Amazon Prime and you want to check this out, there's a free seven day trial that Topic has and you can check it out. And I think they also said it's on Apple TV. It might be, but we don't have that. Yeah. Roku. uh, Like for people who do have that kind of stuff. I don't want to ostracize the Apple people, but we're not an Apple home. Just saying. Uh, so each of the episodes has a pretty good premise. Uh we were, uh, we were talking about this before too of how it for a short, you know, there's a when we talked about Pumzi, yes, the idea of trying to fit so much into a short 15 minute 15 or minute, so yeah, is episode. very difficult and there's a lot of promise in it, but it definitely feels very rough for me. We'll talk about more of you know, kind of how we felt in each ep- each episode, vaguely talk about what's going on so we don't ruin it for you. But it definitely has potential. Right. Uh, I just kind of don't, I, I was a little disappointed. I think I was over expecting for what it ended up being. Well, for I know you were telling me about it and I like suspense. But I'm not into horror. but I'm and like I love yeah, horror. Yeah, but I'll watch it because that is a genre that we did talk about e- exploring. Mm. And I think from the description that I was expecting it to be something akin to or similar to Get Out. Or like American Horror Story or something yes, like or that. Yes, or American Horror Story something like that. And then as I was reading some of the information that you – Shared with me earlier, mm-hmm. it kind of reminded me of that Nickelodeon show we used to watch when we were kids called "Are You Afraid, Afraid of, of the Dark? Dark"? Oh, I miss it. They're making a re- reboot of that. Really? Yeah, I, d- I haven't heard much from after that, but they were supposed to be doing a, like a reboot of oh. them older or I'm something so like that. I'm so tired of all these. Reboots. I'm not actually. I would not be mad at that because I liked "Are You Afraid of the Dark," and I did too. But for but what I was thinking of is as I was reading the information that she sent me mm. and thinking about what w- we saw. It made me think of the early episodes of Are You Afraid of the Dark, mm. where they weren't very scary, and it needed time to build, and right. then it became more. It suspenseful got real creepy and yeah. really creepy and scary. But some of those episodes, you were like, eh. yeah, and then others, you were like, it's like goosebumps too. Turn on the lights, yeah. I didn't really goosebumps, goosebumps was didn't very che- me. it was very cheesy, but they had every once in a while a few like creepy ones. Right, but are you afraid of the dark had more? They were It was it was for a, an older, was older older set of kids, right. but like I said, once they got into the groove of it, it it got better. So mm-hmm. maybe that's kind of what we're seeing here is that there's a lot of promise here just like in my sister the serial killer. Like there mm-hmm. is a lot of promise in the stories that you're seeing and the ideas are very creative. And I had and I like the acting too. Yeah, they so. have a few people. They have the guy from um, the Walking Dead. He's the dad in the third episode of the Gift Giver Man. The, yeah, the man who played the character Tyrese. Yes, and then they had uh, the guy who plays the. He's he's the only connecting piece of eyes that we the noticed. Driver, yes. He's played in a lot of um, horror movies, like he was in Halloween and Halloween Two or Four. I don't I think remember it was which Halloween one. Halloween and Halloween Kills. Yeah, one of the... Hol- I've i don't never, I've never heard of Halloween Kills, but I've it's, heard of Halloween. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's probably... Well, I don't. It's the updated Halloween, because he was not in the original. Well, there's a lot. Of Halloween, There's yeah. a lot. There's a whole thing. So it, I can't really remember off the top of my head which one I would... It's been a long time since I've seen the Halloween... Though October's coming, and one of my favorite traditions is every year I like to watch a trilogy or not trilogy one of the series of horror and like just chill in my little blanket and watch yeah it was what a few years ago that you actually got me to watch halloween I don't, and, and you I only watched one of watched them yeah it. i was so mad by the time i was like i can't believe i've been afraid of this this whole time Why? this is so ridiculous it's the it's thing okay one of my not to get off track but one of my favorite quotes is like I have to post it, and it's some random person from Twitter or something like that, but it was like, yeah, I was like the number one thing I've learned from Michael is that you don't need to, like, oh, you don't I'll, need to rush. Like, things will, if you just walk at a steady pace, things will come to you, and you'll kill it every time, and I was like, you're right, Michael. Sure. I learned so much. Sure. But, as well as effective, knowing how to properly open and close a door, because, mm-hmm. Or not going upstairs into like, the like, attic yes. alone. There's so many things. But that's the whole point of horror. Like the horror it, genre. It was, it was ridiculous though. Not to get, to, But to get back into topic, horror is a very much, uh, if you've never seen a horror noir, it's on Shudder. Uh, I think they made a second version too, but it ta- or part two, and it talks about black people and horror. And growing up, I loved horror. Dad had me watch a few things when we were younger. Um, when I was younger, excuse me, and I remember there was this one terrible B movie horror movie where he made, and I can't remember the name, but all I remember is one of the characters, this black guy, had the most horrendous bell bottom plaid pants, and that the 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 old lady or the ghost in the movie was being like was supposed to be attacking them down the hallway, yeah, and so they have her on like a little pulley and they're just pull- you. That's horrible. it's so bad and it's, it's like so you can see her, she's like holding you can't see me now but she's like holding her arms up and they, it's just so cheesy and i have a great love for horror movies but one of the things that you know we always deal with is that the black person dies first or yes. there's not they're a side character they're not really the lead more and more especially speaking of get out and things and antebellum that's coming out soon and other horror movies there's more inclusion of black people because or people of color, because we're there, too. The, and they're not the first people to die. Exactly. Uh, and if you were a, a, a either old enough to know and be able to watch, there was Tales from the Hood. Yes. And I remember watching that thinking, like, because, you know, I love Tales from the Crypt. And then I saw this, and I was like, oh, here's this, like, horror anthology, but it's centered around black culture and talks about black culture uh i I forgot there's this other one where it's an anthology series too and i remember the little tiki doll yes guy who would like murder people and it's like the most horrendous concept ever but there was also in that same trilogy where there were like these the the spirits of slaves were in this uh these dolls interesting and uh i think this is one is from tales from the hood it might have been from the other one i'm thinking of but anyway in it this like racist white congressman or senator or some political figure ends up purchasing, I think, an old slave plantation. Okay. And in in it, he does something, or they he's being advised against it because I don't know. I can't remember if his family was connected or something. But he moves back in, and basically the slaves, co- spirits of the slaves who were trapped there from being murdered and stuff like, come back to life in these dolls, and basically take revenge and i remember watching that when i was younger and being like a that's so awesome to have like black culture featured in like that revenge murder or revenge horror but in this new twisted way as a young person seeing this right um so that always stuck with me and i love horror and so i'm always interested in seeing new things see and tales from the Crypt. There were enough episodes of it that creeped me out mm-hmm. that I never even bothered to watch Tales from the Hood because mm-hmm. I was just like, "That's gonna terrify me," and I have a very good imagination, mm-hmm. and so my brain would continuously play all the things that terrify oh, yeah, me over and over again. I would used to get out of the r- at the room and like after watching a horror movie, walking into, like e- wherever I was living at the time in the dark and being like, "Oh crap, this could be the time where something comes out the shadow and like." murders me as i'm trying to go to the bathroom but i still watch that's not something that i that i enjoy because you remember when we went and saw get out how Mm. freaked out i was i was so terrified of white people after that i mean i'm always terrified (laughs) i i stayed in the apartment for the entire weekend and it took a lot for me to get myself together to just go back to work on monday i feel like i have to face you an office full of white people so (laughs) it was just it was really It was a lot for you? It was a lot. I think I'm and just I so sensitive. And I think that's that's why I I liked it so much is mm. because it's like I could see that happening. I could see that being something that could really happen to people. Mm. Um even though hopefully it's not happening to people, but I could see that happening. It watching it, watching it not not this movie it, but like watching those things growing up. Uh, I didn't even realize the connection when I was looking, at, watching an interview of Cootie and Chike. They talked about how a lot of their influences were Twilight Zone, which I don't really remember as much from when I watched a few episodes as a kid. But I did watch it, and they said they also referenced uh, what is the name, Ernest Roscoe Dickerson. I don't know who, who that is. is this producer and s- or director, or screenwriter that um, has worked with Spike Lee in the past and a bunch of other people. Uh, but he. D- if you've watched Demon Knight, yes. which is one of our favorite Tales yes. from the Crypt movies, it is. It he is worked on that. He worked on a lot of those movies from uh, that period of time where that were black horror as well. Oh. He also worked, as you mentioned, Demon Knight. That mm. is the first movie where I ever saw a black lead character. Yes, because Major Pickett Smith was the she, she was, makes it to the end. You if you spoiler alert for those of you yes. who have not seen Demon Night. If, if she, you haven't watched it, watch it. It's still like every time if there's ever a point like it's a good Billy Zane movie. Yes. And also if you love Billy Zane as a as a bad guy, you love yes. this movie. I just remember any time okay, if you grew up in the nineties and like early two thousands, you are a product of those people who like if something came on T B S or T N T you know, if it was a good movie, you watch it. It's one of those things that, like, no matter where I'm at, if it comes on, I will sit watch down, it. Watch it when they put it on. Um, I think they had it on Netflix for a while. Oh, did they? Really? Or maybe I'm thinking of Shutter when they had it on Shutter. I was like watching, watching again. Billy Zane and Jada Pinkett Smith are great in this and then it, it, they were great. Who, I can't remember who plays the uh the woman who owns the the boarding house but she was a badass with a shotgun and that's what another There r- were a lot of good characters. There's it a was a lot of good very, actors during that time. Yes, very w- well written. But not to get too far off topic, he's a part of that. He did Bones that had which is a horror movie with Snoop Dogg. He did Malcolm X, he did Do the Right Thing. So he's done okay a lot I of different see. Things. I've seen some of these movies. Juice. He, so he's worked right with thing, yes. he's done horror, but he's also done like other black cultural um culturally insignificant imp- significant movies. Um so when I saw I saw the name when I mentioned as one of the references and when I looked it up, I was like, Oh, he has done a lot of things I've watched right. growing up. So I can see... Isn't that always the way you find out about a person mm-hmm. and they've had this huge impact on your whole life and you never even knew right. who they, they were, were, that they were part of it? Do you remember the movie Bulletproof?
1: With yes. A, he with did Damon that Wayans. too.
0: Yeah, she's yes, got to have I it. remember Bulletproof. Never die alone. I'm like looking at these things and I was like, ah, uh, all these things I watched. Not to digress, sorry. As we have Quite multiple a times. Already. But... So, in the series, there's three episodes. The first one is Grace. Yes. And it's done in a black and white style, grainy. Uh, it was based off of the Twilight Zone episode. What did they say? It's a Good Life. I think that was the name of that. It was episode. the one yes. that they referenced. And I don't really remember it, but when I looked up like the information about it, it's the same concept of a child having this extraordinary ability. Right. And being able to use it to alleviate sit- situations that they're in but also still having to deal with the consequences later in life which I did like grace and I like the fact that it does kind of take it back to black church and <laughs> one of the things and I don't I can't say that I hate to say this but it's mm-hmm. one of those things where even still you see images of white Jesus yeah in the church, and you still see the group of the the women in the church. So the older women get together and they're talking amongst themselves. Mm-hmm. And Grace's caretaker, who was a friend of her mother, yeah, um, her mother, Grace's it's mother, like a dies or something. And her, uh, her, her I think she's mother, her godmother. Yeah, her godmother takes her in, but her godmother is not. That God fearing of a woman. It's one of those people that you know that like at church, lip service is like pray. She, she's only a Christian on Sunday, right? And then, but as soon even on Sunday she wasn't because as soon as she was outside that church, she was at Grace. Okay, she, she was she, th- she was a Christian in public. Yes, she. But even to her, those those women, she was back talking about her mother. Even she, th- and she they w- did, so I was like, she was like, but and they were like, she's your, she was, she your, was friend. your friend, and they were like, I know, but she still had her problems. So it's just like, and dude. there's a there's a point where she tells the little girl Grace that, I, for me, I was shocked, and I won't say what it was, but it was just like these things as adults sometimes, who either as foster parents that have happened, or even as your own parents have said terrible things to you to yes. get you to behave, even if you're. And the funny thing is, you know, you have this little girl who's lost her mother. She's not real. She's trying to. She one of the women mentions that, hey, she's finally acting like a little kid again, right? And this woman, her grandmother, was not having she it. She shut that. She wanted right? to shut that down. And the thing was, she got at one point, she got dirty, and it wasn't even her fault. Her her godmother scared her, and, and she fell, and down. she fell. Yeah. And then it was just like blaming her for everything you're this burden now that I have to deal with. You're an embarrassment that I have to deal with. Your mother was no good. And then that scene in the church, I was like, "Uh, yeah, I get that though. Like that fear of like adults putting that fear of God into you and using it as a way to To like control control and put and and make sure that you don't step out of line. And it's like, that shouldn't be what that is about. It should not. It, sh- it really should not be that way, but that's how some people interpret it, mm. and that's how they communicate that it's I think that they which why we say that this, this series has a lot of potential is because they're address you can see they're addressing a lot of different issues even on like a minute scale, but it's just like the ca- and you feel for the characters to a certain extent, and you want to see what happens, but it's right. like Everything it does get you to be invested in yes. the characters. But then it just ends and you're like, right. And you're like, but I have all these questions. And not in the good way of I have all these questions. I shouldn't say well, it that way. Well, there's some things it's that more, are, are like, huh, I wonder what happened to cause this or, right. or that. that. It's more of like I'm left with questions that are of confusion as opposed to questions of like I want to know more. in this Or like more of those. I, I guess I'm not finding a good way to explain how I felt. Going out of there were questions that I want to know more about Grace mm. because of what happened within yes. that within that that episode. But there were also questions question as to you know, well where where's the rest of the episode? Right. It, you know, like how come there wasn't more? Like I I really feel that an hour mm-hmm. probably could have fleshed out a bit more yes. versus f- like the fifteen minutes right. that we got a chance a to y- see. Right. Um, I think I do like though how they transition from black and white to uh, color. Yes. At some point. So like when she's in I think it's nineteen sixty eight is the when it starts with her and right. her godmother, it's grey and dark and, and the images are kinda of terrifying, especially the image of Jesus at one point where oh, with and all the people in the church, mm-hmm. it, that, I could see how that would, how terrifying that would be as, to, a child. as as a child. And you're like, I don't know what these people are doing. Yes, and, and why th- you're yelling at me because I don't have my Bible out or because I, because children. This is one thing I always had an issue with growing up, or like as I got older and started to understand things, is that we place upon children these ideas that they don't really understand or have a grip to understand, and we and there's this kind of idea of like. It's my religion, so it's your religion. But and if you don't abide by it, there's punishment. But you're not. But you shouldn't be expecting a child to understand the nuances and the complications and the moral. Like you know what I mean? Like the the, and this goes back to the extent of how we use it to like keep them in line it's and control. Like trying to teach a child instead of teaching a child at the level that they're at, you're trying to teach them at a college level. Yeah. And then holding them to that standard. And holding them accountable it for that. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. And then I also think the prob- some of the problem is, is the fact that people flip-flop because mm-hmm. they're like, children don't understand anything because their brains aren't formed and they can't make decisions. And then at the same time, kids can make decisions to a certain degree, mm-hmm. but you also have to explain. Yeah. You can't just punish and then say absolutely nothing or have any explanation. Like, that was something e- I appreciated about mom growing up. Mm-hmm. I did not like being, being punished? punished. No, none of us did. However, once mom did punish us, like she would wait and then come back later and explain why we had mm. that punishment. Mm. So it's not like I never had a clue why. Yeah, X, it was. Y, and Z happened. I understood why. Didn't make me any less angry with her, but it but it but gave it, it. I think it helped it. out. And it's funny that you say that because I've been rewatching Moesha on Netflix. Yes. And there's a, so many times where it was just like the father was like yelling and expecting certain things and not explaining why. And not giving her any room to talk or and, and have dialogue and just be like, this is my way or the highway. You're being punished but I'm not going to really tell you why. Right? It's just like figure it out or you should magically know. And I kind of feel like when you say that, it kind of reminds me of dad when we were younger where he would expect us to know what he was thinking mm. and even now sometimes sorry, he expects us to know what he's thinking it was like no mm. you have to actually verbalize what you're thinking i don't i'm not in your head so i don't mm. know sorry dad <laughs> uh but yeah. it's true yeah and you know <laughs> you know dad you know i'm trying okay i'm not gonna i'm, I'm, gonna leave I'm that not alone. i'm not saying that, I'm, leave it, that alone. A, I'm not saying that it's a bad thing but i'm i do It's something that comes up as an adult, speaking speaking about that, how parents can come across it. I think that, and I don't have any kids, but, you know, so I don't really know and I can't speak on it, but I think there's this idea, again, of, especially in black culture, of... Your kids have to perform at this higher level because they're black. They have to be on their best behavior because they're black. They have to be better than the, the white kids because and behave better than the white kids because they're black and they have more to prove. Right. And we're harder upon the, on our kids because there's so much to prove and we have so much against us and we have so many things that if we mess up even just a little bit, but we don't explain to them the the, all the craziness of the world because it's hard to explain all of that. It, how how do you articulate to a child the fact that you could be punished in a society for just existing? Mm, mm. I mean, I I think one of the wor- the saddest things that I've seen recently was I was watching a clip of something on like YouTube and it was a uh, a cop that was supposed that was uh, consoling a, a little a little black girl and she had to have been like maybe three or four mm. and the question she asked him cause he was in like riot gear with the visor over his head and over his face and and stuff like that. And he had moved it and he was down on her level, but she said, are you going to shoot us? Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. he said, no, I'm here to protect you. She's like, hell no. (laughs) Exactly. Well, it's like, (laughs) how how do I believe that when everything I see tells me otherwise, Mm -hmm. everything people say tells Tells me me otherwise. otherwise. Yeah. Like I'm looking at this, thing that is not telling me that you're here to protect me. I see this where you're here. My parents are telling me that you're not here to protect me. That you'd be here to execute me sooner mm. than protect me. And mm. I think and when you were talking about that, it just made me think of the black tax. You can't see me doing quotes, but I am. And basically that's it. And the reason why we have to have our parents so much harder on us is because we mess up. It's not like, oh, you made a mistake dust it's yourself okay. off and yeah. let's keep going we make a mistake and we mess up we don't come home or right. well, we come home and we're buried that's right. what happens there's, there's, there's extremes that that's som- a huge difference where I do things out of the fear that I want my child to come home alive mm-hmm. and that's why I'm hard on you but how do you articulate that hard- to a child yes it's very difficult to articulate that mm-hmm. because especially when you grow up and you're like well no because the constitution says that I have equal rights, I'm equal, I deserve this, I have the right to everything else everybody else has. Mm. That's what our society says, and yet that's not what it actually. It's like, like it's bad. what our society says, and what it doesn't says, it's like that back room of like, yeah, this is what it says in the Constitution, but in the real world, yes. this is what it really happens. And it actually reminds me of this video. I think Dad sent it to me. Too. I don't know if he sent it to you via Facebook. He, our father sends us a lot of Facebook videos. He does. Uh, but this particular one, maybe it was Mom. In it, the child, this mother has, like, two sons, and one of them is through, like, her her second marriage mm-hmm. to a black man. Okay. And so her son is black. So she has a one white son and one black son of the same age. And she... As cheesy as the way the video goes, because it's like, oh, this mom is explaining how difficult it is for her as a white woman to have a child of color. And I do think there is there is there it is difficult to a point, but there's also another level of difficulty to be a person of color with a child of color. But yes, let me not digress from the point there. She talks to this woman. So she's in the store and she there's a black guy in front of her. It's kind of like how Walmart you have to check your receipt to leave. Right. So the white security guard is, like, really aggressive, comes at the black guy, you need to show me your receipt so I can prove that you didn't steal this stuff. Even though he's got a bag, he's in line, he's not. Anyway, then when it comes to the white woman, the next white woman, after after this guy, he's like, the security guard's like, you're fine, I don't really care, you'll be fine. So when she goes outside she's talking to this woman, like, Did you notice what happened? And the white woman the other white woman's like, No, I don't think it was strange, blah, blah, blah and she's like, Well, I saw this difference and I know this because my child is blah blah you know, I have one and one. These are my kids over there and she points to the van and her two kids are standing outside and the woman's like, Oh the other woman's like, Oh, I guess I would never have known unless I could actually see it happen. I don't really understand it the And it's like, But she just saw it happen. And and, but she didn't. So this is not the mother, but the other woman. Yeah. The other woman didn't notice it. Didn't pay. Like didn't it didn't register. And a that triggered something in my head of like the idea of like oh you have to see it for you to believe what as a person of color is saying these things are happening, which is an issue that happens within our society of like, oh, I didn't believe my black or brown friend that this was happening. They and so I actually thing. have to have evidence that people are dying on the street and see videos now. like, And this is real. And they, but they say the same thing about people who have been sexually assaulted. Mm-hmm. They say the same thing about children who have been sexually mm-hmm. abused. Like, oh, I didn't see this. Or you have to, I have would believe this would happen. Proof yeah. For me to believe you, for me to believe you. And even if you do have proof, I may s- people still may not believe you. exactly and that was the, okay so that addresses the first point of an issue that is in our culture so then as they're standing there and after this woman says like oh I guess I need to see it to, be- to actually understand this this cop comes out of nowhere and starts hassling the black boy mm-hmm. and this is after the woman has said to this other white woman like hey you know when my white son walks down the street people greet him no one hassles him it's all great but when my black son walks down people the street and grab their purse and say things to him, and he feels very unsafe. And so, this cop comes out of nowhere and just starts like throws the kid up on the, the car and is like Jeez. patting him down. And she comes up and she's like, What are you doing? This is my son. And he looks at her like, This is your son. Well, there was a robbery somewhere. And, and she was like, But he's been here the whole time. And the little, the little, uh, the other son, the white kid was like, Yeah, I've been trying to tell him he's been with me this whole time. This couldn't be. And I think she asked, like, what was the description? He's like, well, there was just someone who robbed something, so we're just checking. He didn't check both kids. He just checked one. One ki- yes. And so as she's like, this is, un-, you know, this is unlawful. My son didn't do anything. Another cop comes out of nowhere with the guy who actually did it, who's like some white dude or whatever. And the cop doesn't A, apologize. Of course not. He doesn't say anything to the fact of, like, He was racially profiling A and messed up B. And he's just like, you have a good day, ma'am. And the other woman comes up and she's like, wow, I really understand now. And part of that rubbed me the wrong way because I have, after this whole this year Black Lives Matter kind of movement really jumped off and people actually started to, who were not people who are not black, actually started to pay attention and support to a certain extent. You know, you get those allies who, Quote, unquote. Sorry, I should say quote, unquote, because you can't see my hands. These allies who come out of nowhere and people of color, you all know what I'm talking about where they come and they ask you what they could do, but then they make it cent- centered around themselves and how they feel. And like, so you have how to sit they there there and console under- them, console them about then you have yeah. to talk about to them how they feel about how these things are injustices or that you have to explain to them what's going on, because you've, even though you've said stuff and you mentioned stuff now they finally see the light for whatever five minutes that they're actually about that. And or then they're like, but then they try to to justify away or reason away some of the things or some of their own behaviors." Mm. like, but I'm not one of those people I because know I, I was doing this. I like black people and this is the reason why mm-hmm. I like black people. I'm like, nobody asked you about that. For the reasons why. No one asked you. There was something I was reading and I'll have to send it to you later. Is like how people come at you and I don't need to have your credentials of why you're an ally. Oh, and you've done this, this, and this. I don't give a shit, honestly. And to those of you who have come out at me like that and other people, sorry, let me not say that. I know (laughs) you are getting a lot off your chest right about now. It's been a very long day. Y'all. and I'm in an emotional state and I'm dealing with my mental health right now. So apologies, but I, as I'm as we're talking, I think I'm starting to think more and reflect more about this episode. And I think there, I I knew there was something to it that I liked in what it was discussing, and that's why I think I was disappointed that it it didn't go further. Okay. But I also understand that like there was time limit, money, fun, you know, things like COVID, you know, trying to or I don't know when it was created, but you know, getting it out there, fleshing it out, having money. I understand that, um, right? And we don't know like what the deal is with Topic maybe yeah. they only They're, it maybe it's just the trust run or, who, or I who definitely didn't what. get to see a lot of other things on Topic I didn't have time to watch so I have no idea but I think going back to what all of th- we've just talked about was very much sparked in a way of it it addresses it in little little ways without even realizing it until now reflecting upon it of like it doesn't shove your face into it yeah. but it just kind of eases it and it does bring up questions. It makes you think about things for sure. sure. The only thing I really got though that was Louisiana influence was the funeral march. For that for, for that, for that episode, episode, yes. Everything else was kinda very much just black. I think yeah. you could have been in any rural yeah. town mm. in the US with uh, predominantly black people mm-hmm. and probably found something very similar. Yeah, exactly. So honestly I was like that could have been like the color purple at the beginning. Could have been anywhere, and then they had the funeral march, and I was like, "Oh, okay, you right." Know, I And I was there. like, "Oh, there's the New Orleans, Louisiana right. influence, right?" Where there. they then were like, "She was a great God-fearing woman." I was like, "It's amazing what people will say at a funeral." And you're like, "But were they? Were they really that great of a person, or are we just saying that because they're dead?" I don't know. But then again, we don't know. Her mother could have been a great person. Oh no, I'm talking about her oh, godmother. Her go- oh. Yeah, well, like they, they say, you should never speak ill of the dead. Mm. I don't know wh- where that her, came from. Her godmother did. I don't know where that, that came from, mm-hmm. but that's basically what people say. And then they proceed to speak ill all, of, of, of the, the dead. dead right after that. My only gripe was the little the daughter later on. when, And I, you'll see. And I was like, first of all, how old are you We're to be? in a party for everybody. Right. And secondly, no one asked you to add on. I'm sorry. Like, oh, I finished it. No one asked you. Anyway, you'll see what I'm talking about, y'all. Next episode. The next episode was Pillow Shop. Pillow and shop, I kind of liked this episode just mm. a little bit more than the first one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I feel like it progressed. Each one I liked a little bit more. Yes. And this one, basically, the premise is that there's this man who has a hard time sleeping. He can't sleep at all for some reason. Mm. And he gets into the cab. And the cab driver's like, hey, I know this shop. Here's a car. You give this to the guy at the shop. He'll mm-hmm. hook you up. Guy's like, okay. And I think it's like, what, in the 90s or something? Oh, I can't remember. I can't remember I exactly. Think I wrote down the year for but that but one. It, it's it's more. It's, it's more recent. To the current, yeah. <laughs> the current time frame for sure. And he gets out, goes to the pillow shop. Gets a nice ghost is this weird this this man who wears a scarf in Louisiana in the daytime inside his shop. But anyway, <laughs> who, who gives him his own personalized pillow? Did you, when you watch him put stuff? First of all, the pillow looked real janky. It did, and I was like, I it don't know like if I would put it in that pillow. Yeah, and it also looked super lumpy. I was like, ah. But anyway, right. And so therein lies some some things because the man starts to have these dreams. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that I liked about that episode also is if you ever saw the princess and the frog that Disney did. Mm. Oh, yeah. A, the cereal. Yeah. They have a character called the magic man. Yeah. Who, in, in the princess and the frog. But that same character is on this box of cereal. So when I saw it, I was like, it's the magic man. Right. What's funny is they called this name. of The cereal was expeditos. And I'm like, I wonder what that means. Expeditos. Yes, So look for that Easter egg, y'all. There's probably more that we. Didn't That's even true. See. I, like I don't. I've never been to New Orleans long enough to actually soak been. up a lot of the culture mm-hmm. and the, the things that happen there. I've only been there once, actually. For me. Um. Well, you have an uncle down I know, COVID. but I was out of the country when that happened, and then now COVID happens and I, all my plans have been put on hold. So you know. Covid, just so you know, they don't live in actual Louisiana. I know that, but uh, I was going to visit they, them. No, I'm sorry, they do live in Louisiana. They actually don't live in New Orleans. That's I, I was. I was like, I would visit both of them. Can I do both? Yes, you can. I just thought it was very interesting in this character of the Magic Man. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing I know him as. Yeah. Um, I, I wonder, wonder if he's it makes me it it. It gives me questions about who this particular kind of character is that they have this allusion to. Well, the thing is, it makes me think of also oh, is it Daddy Lickbo or something? Um, if you remember, did you ever watch the American Horror Seri- or American Horror Story season where they had now Angela? You know I don't like the, horror. No, but so I'm no. saying the Angela, ba- the one where they did the witches, and they had Angela Bassett yeah. on there because I, I, I told she was on there, but I didn't watch it. And they had Gabourey Sid oh I cannot gab gabrielle sabine you you would know her if you saw her yes. but she was in that too but in it they have pop I want to say paco Lego Bub, but I might be saying the name wrong he was played by um the guy from French whose name is now forgetting me and that now I'm oh, thinking of that guy yeah it's now I'm thinking of toys R me his name but I know his face. Yes. As soon as you said the guy from Fringe, I'm like, ah. Oh, yeah. Man. Oh, God. If you never watch Fringe, y'all watch it. But anyway, he was also in Toys R. Me, which was a uh, uh, comedy. Or was it Comedy or Die? It's it's really funny. It's hilarious. I'll send it to you. It's like a Toys R. Us commercial, but he's like a creepy manager who is. <laughs> he does. He does. Those, those <laughs> he's those an- He's really evil out. and creepy. I'll just put it at that. But he's he plays Papa Legba. And I might be saying the name wrong, but that entity is very common in New Orleans, uh, Louisiana voodoo or Southern American voodoo practitioner. And it's this being who, I'll have to put up information about it because honestly, I don't, I've heard a lot about him, but I think the magic man in, especially in the Princess of Fog, is kind of like on the same level of like this entity that's very powerful, but also it's like you're making a deal with the quote unquote devil. devil right. Um, and I think that's the same I, I could be totally wrong. I think it's supposed to represent the same entity, and that's another name for him. Okay. But I'm not quite sure, and it's been a while since I've, like, looked that stuff up. Okay. So look that stuff up, y'all. Research. Uh, but that, but I, I really am curious why it's called Expeditos. That's a good question. I don't know. So if I any of y'all know, and you listen to this episode and then watch it, let us know, please. Uh, but, this, the story moves pretty quickly. It's pretty interesting. He goes into this dream world. Right. And his, his there, I think when I was reading the interview or the review that I sent to you. Yeah. There was the idea that the moral of the story was, uh, uh, never do anything asleep that you wouldn't, wouldn't do awake, which is a good, which is good because that does come into play in the story. We're not going to go into how it comes into play, but mm. it does come into play in the story. Mm. With this partic- with this particular character, and it was very interesting because one of the things that I liked was that you had he's reading the newspaper, mm-hmm. and so you have this series of victims mm-hmm. on on the front page, and on the back page, you have the advertisement for the pillow shop, mm. and it's like, and he's reading it, and, and you're just like, you know, like huh. it's and like clue, clue, yes, <laughs> it is screaming at you. But, of course, the character is not paying attention to it at all. Because there's no connection yet to him. And he's also, like, looking for a job. So he's only really looking at one specific thing. Right, but he was having a hard time finding a job because Mm. uh, of the fact that he couldn't get any sleep at night. Was that why he couldn't get a job? Right, because he he was always just never able to get a sleep. So once he was well-rested, that's when he was like, hey, I can do this now, I can go get this job. I just didn't know he – I thought he – I thought you meant he like, was fired or couldn't keep a job. No, I, I think shopping. it was the fact that he now had the clarity of mind to, look to go and be able to look right. and find and probably get through an interview without being so sleep-deprived and tired and right. w- and looking worn out and exhausted. I feel like it's interesting, though, also, how it's like addressing a problem that they're ha- he's having in his life, but it never really gets resolved in a way. Bec- or talked about maybe because it's a short episode and they just couldn't really get into it. But like you see the reason why, as the story goes on, why he's having these spe- specific types of dreams. Yes. Because, it because in my head I was like, why is it being, is the mat, the pillow man directing these dreams because he, he is in them, but is he the reason why they appear in this particular form? Or if he was have, if this man the main character was having issues in other formats of his life would have taken a whole different form. And I think the fact that there were some other outlying things that were happening in his life that made him more susceptible to perhaps doing something he would not have done while awake. Right. It's like, it's, it's that whole idea of like if you're doing it in your dreams or if you're imagining it, it's not hurting anyone. Right. Right. But yet, but yet, some people got it hurt. hurt. It could hurt you. Yeah, just because you dream it doesn't mean that it's, It might not be. It might not hurt you. And I also thought they threw in perhaps another little Easter egg at the end of that episode where it had the name of the next location. It just kind of made me think about that. Where you know, hey, it's like here's a nod to perhaps our next location of where right. the next ser- set of series uh, would be. The next series that would be, be interesting, which is what they were talking about. Um, was it Cootie and Chike? Mm-hmm. Is the fact that they want to be able to take it and go from place to place. Yeah, different cities across America. Right, because black people are not just in, down in the south. Mm-hmm. We're, like, we're all over we the all country and th- there are different things that happen all over the country. And black culture is different all, all over, over the, the country. country. Exactly. So the same experience that you might have in New Orleans won't be the same that you have in Chicago, won't be the same that you have in New right York. In being in Brooklyn versus yes. Harlem or you know you wherever. know anywhere you are in the world. So I, I'm curious Yeah, exactly. Or Miami which, as which, well. Oh God, let's not talk about Florida. I've never been a fan of Florida and this is just and Florida's just proving me right, so sorry people from Florida, but you know there's Florida man. Florida man. <laughs> <laughs> uh but I I I definitely was wondering too of that idea of the idea of sleep your dreams are usually a safe space in the sense of your it's your personal ideas or thoughts and 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 no one else has access to it unless you share it. But you have this person who has the or quote unquote person I don't know if he's really a person has the ability to connect dreams to other people. A that these pills have the the ability to bring other people into your your dreams. And also that you can like die in your dreams because that's also a fear that a lot of people have of dying in your dreams, right? Or well, dying in your sleep, you have not in your dreams. People who have where they feel like they're f- they're falling in their dream and oh they God. wake up thinking that, that, that they're lot. falling, that they that they were falling. You mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. that's not fun. all the all these things that happen in your in your subconscious mind while you're asleep. That here it is, it's not now. It actually turns into something real, and I think that's a, a that's a very old. Um, idea when it comes to horror and suspense is something happening to you in your dreams like freddy, freddy krueger I mean, yeah nightmare on El- nightmare on Elm street like yeah. all of that is based upon the and idea of others, what yeah. happens when you're asleep coming to kill you yeah and, and then not being able to wake up right or or escape it because mm-hmm. it's a dream so then if it's a dream you should be able to wake yourself wake yourself up or manipulate it to your advantage but What if you can't manipulate it to your advantage? What if you can't save yourself, you can't wake up, or anything like that? Like, the fact that you're so much terror is because you no longer have control Mm. over the world around you. Yeah. No, I get it. I've had dreams where I've died, and I've watched myself die in my dream and could not wake up. I've had those falling uh, dreams, and then you, like, suddenly spark out of it. I've had the dreams where, when I was younger, where you feel like you like pee yourself but you didn't but luckily it's yes. like telling you that like hey you have to go to the bathroom you, you should, should probably get up, get now. up right now but, yes. but also just other things of like I be- had the dream where I thought I won a million dollars with a Snickers wrapper and it turned out not to be I tore up my room trying to <laughs> find that thing
1: I, I did th- and it,
0: I was like oh it was a dream like I swear I had won and I was so excited and I was like I'm gonna put it under in my pillowcase so that it's like right here and I won't lose it Mm yeah it never was it's interesting to or not i should stop saying it's interesting one other funny thing or curious thing is that as we were watching this i'm also reading stephen king's insomnia Mm. for the other podcast and it was like so of course king is being like oh i know all this stuff about sleep now but this idea of like your dreams are this space where also uh you all these things that have been happening your time in your day life that you don't address or aren't really paying attention to affect you in your sleep or come out in your dreams and manifest and it's like, hey, you're not gonna deal with this while you're awake. We're gonna make sure you deal with this when you're asleep. But then also the idea of like when you can't fall asleep. Yeah. When you can't get to your dreams and like that whole that whole health issue that occurs and that can go into full on mental health depression issues like that with like insomnia so reading or watching what's it called the pillow the pillow, pillow Man? shop the pillow shop this this concept of insomnia or not being able to sleep and not being able to get the rest is also a form of horror for people because there's so much going on and to not even have the ability to like rest right it, I- allow your mind to to rest and and i've been in those fugue states where i used to have really bad insomnia when i lived in korea where i would not sleep for four or five days and the fugue that you are in Mm -hmm. like i can't because it can be physically dangerous for for people it is not fun y'all so uh pillow shop progressively better yes and then you see a character that you saw in the first one and that one and you're like huh he looks familiar (laughs) And then we get to the giver man. Is it called the giver man? Yes. Yeah. The giver man, the give man, the give man who, uh, so in this one, this has got Tyrese from, I forgot what his real name in real life is. So I'm sorry, man. But in it, he, you get more of the new Orleans feel. you sure do. For, uh, it, it comes to the fore. It's the like 20. the initial and that it's also the screen. The poster is based off the third episode. You are immediately hit with, like, voodoo. Back alley voodoo is yes. how they describe it as. And this guy decides to make a deal for fame oh. and power. Well, for, for money. He wanted money. Which money is he, power. Which, which gives you the rest of mm-hmm. it. But, yeah, making these deals, willing to sacrifice... That idea of, like, if I get this now, I don't really have to worry about the sacrifice later because I'll worry about that, you know, when we get to that point. But right now is the right now. But it was very interesting, the fact that what he was asked to sacrifice actually really wasn't his to give. The soul. Yes, because it was the soul of someone else, mm-hmm. not his own. See, and, that's, and I that happens that a lot. Was, but I thought that was very interesting because usually when you see something and you go back through, like, the old versions of tales and stuff like that when the devil appears to you or you're at the crossroads and you're trying to make a deal usually the devil wants your soul no there's a, it's, it's soul a little bit of both. else i would say no it's a it's there are instances of both i mean sometimes there's some some things like in Rupple still skin they're like i want your firstborn child i think that that's why i say that it is a both because it's either i want your child or your or your wife or husband or like it's not always like or they'll say very ambiguously to ask for a soul or something from you, but they don't really tell you what it is. It like, until like, I'll just come to by it. to collect. Right. So there's this idea of, like, in, in, in myth- different mythologies across the world of, like, you have these deals to get something, and you're willing to give up something that you don't necessarily know what they want, and you can't really guarantee that you can give because you don't know if it's yours or not, but you agree to it anyway because you want this thing now. I kind of feel like, remember in The Witcher, where they had a thing called the Law of Surprise. Oh, it's been a minute since I've watched it. The law but surprise. basically, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yes, where it was like, I'm gonna take something from you that you don't know that you have yet, and you're like, but and what? That's what you, have to <laughs> give me. you have to give me something you don't realize that you have, have yet. yet, and I can and take it whenever I want. Yes, whenever I want it. And you're bound by this by this law. So if you if you're like, if you're pregnant and you don't have an idea, Law Surprise kicks in. We find out you're pregnant. Now the child that you have, I want is, your child is is now mine because mm. you've already you've already given it over to me. Right? I'm like, oh, we're on a dinner date and you got like the chocolate cake and I really wanted that. Law of surprise, give me your chocolate cake. <laughs> <Surprise>! <laughs> and 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 that's true. It's very much uh, with any a lot of things of that idea of I'm willing to give up something that's not mine. And it's like, why are we so willing to do that, or that we're so willing to give something that we don't know we have, or even the fact that it's something in the future? Mm-hmm. So if it's something that's way down the line, then sure, I can give that up because right. I might not even get, I might not even have that. But sure enough, you always end up with the thing that you 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 willed away or that you gave away. And there's that, also the concept of time. It's like. You don't know when they're coming to collect. Ye- and yeah and and every time when they do come to collect, the person is always, I need more time or How I d- I don't wanna do this. But that wasn't your that wasn't the deal you made in the beginning. Right. You had no problem giving it up in the first place. Now mm-hmm. you can't renege on the deal. Part of me is wondering though, I I think I took very much that sh- episode by face value and maybe I'm digging too or digging for something that isn't really there, they were just trying to like Create this uh, this very basic idea of like, promising things you can't have and like wanting things and not doing the work to get them and willing to take the shortcuts. Maybe that's all they were trying to say. But then part of me is like, is there a deeper issue that I'm missing? And they're trying to talk about something deeper that I'm. But I seeing. think that's a that's a good that's a good issue. I don't I'm, whether or not they wanted to go deeper than that is mm-hmm. like be careful what you what you're willing to trade away because yes. just because you think having money and power is the end all be all doesn't necessarily mean it'll make you happy because in the end when you see this episode even though the guy traded something of value to him for something he found he thought he wanted and needed Mm. it actually ended up not making him happy in the end yeah in the end but yet he was still willing to make that deal yeah it was that was the the hard part it was like he consciously made the decision, even after he had the conversation with the taxicab driver of being like, I don't even have what I wanted. And yet I am still going through with this deal. Right. It was like, should I even go through with the deal? It was like, hey, you made a deal. I think he says, you the cabby says at one point, it's like, uh, oh, what does it say? You can't fix what you've already done. Right. Which is true. Like, once you've given something away, you can't you can't get it back. Nope. You can, I guess, try to make it right in some way, but you can't when, change what you did. You can't change what you did, and sometimes you can't even make what you did right. Right. That's also something that that people sometimes, that we as people forget, is the fact that you can't always make it right. mm Going back to Moesha. Once you've <laughs> done something, you can't always you make can, it right. You can't make it right. You can try to work to move forward, But you can't always make it right, and you're definitely... And I think that something that I thought was interesting that was said in that one review was that proving that you can pay for it, a curse, but never be rid of it. Right. That's a very interesting idea. Because he's still... Even after he, quote-unquote, pays his debt, you don't really know what happens to the, the first main character and what continues to happen in that downward spiral. Right. But it's like, just because you... Avoided giving yourself up doesn't mean that you're hap- that you won, right? It was like what What did you lose? I don't know what exactly. Like, was it really worth it in the in the end? Was it really worth it? And most people would say it actually wasn't worth mm-hmm. what you sacrificed, but now you can't get back what you sacrificed. You're like for that moment, though, you thought it was okay, and then everything else after that was shit. But I think it's there's I really want to tell you about this one particular connection because it makes me think of Tales from the Crypt and the Crypt Keeper. The creep. Right. Uh, but I don't want to ruin it. And I hope you all figure it out. Just and say you tell spoiler us. alert. And go Spo- ahead. No, I, I, you know, unless you want to talk about it. Otherwise, I'm like you just comment and let us know what you think about City and this one particular connective tissue. I think we already mentioned that connective tissue in the beginning. We kind of did, but not really. I've I alluded to it, but it's all right. Uh I think I don't know, what else, do, what do you have anything else that kind of crossed your mind about this this thing? No, that was pretty much what I thought about it. Yeah, it's it's very short. Uh I think I'm I would be interested to see more for sure and what city they would go to. Uh I wonder what cities I would like to see. I mean Chicago would be interesting, New York, and everything like that. But it'd be—I almost to see like a city I I don't really know much about. Yeah, I would like to see something like what would happen with Tulsa. Ooh. Um, Because earlier you mentioned about in Tales from the Hood about like slaves coming back, Mm. uh, DC slaves coming back to inhabiting these dolls Mm -hmm. to kill off um, somebody of malintent that's still living. Um, they could do it with a lot of cities, like Elaine, Arkansas. But it made me think of another movie called Skeleton Key.
1: Oh, I remember I that
0: one. It's been a while since I've seen it. Right. But it came out years ago, and it had... I can't remember her name. I can see I, her... It's Goldie bl- Hans daughter. That's all I can remember uh, right now. Kate Hudson. Yeah. She was in it, and I liked the movie. Ooh, yeah, that twist at the end, y'all. Because that movie <laughs> was terrifying, but the whole... The whole premise, for the most part, was the fact that it all hinged on belief. Yeah, because if they didn't believe, didn't it believe, wasn't it wasn't going to work. But if you could start to believe, then that's the little bit of sliver, the open crack that, in the window that they need all to get that through. You needed. Yeah, and that makes that I think that also I think ties to a lot of culture in the South too, of like that the the idea of voodoo and Catholicism right, it there's took place like in New Orleans yeah for sure. but it was such a I thought I thought it was such a good movie oh yeah because it had that suspense like something like that if mm. they could do something like that with mm. maybe Tulsa or you know you have places like in Wisconsin like places that you wouldn't really think of but there's history Tree there that because there, I sure. I love to learn I, if y'all can teach me stuff while I'm being entertained and horrified I'm for it oh for sure. Please and, scare me. and that's kind of what I was thinking. Like I was thinking it would be something similar to American horror story mm. to a degree mm. but more kind of focused. On certain on a specific city, yeah. On certain cultures and people for sure. And then to have be able to go to like from place to place mm. and like pull out bits and pieces of even history or just the culture of people in that area and to create, create something. something. It'd be that interesting too be if really they cool. like worked with different artists, directors, writers, screenwriters from those areas who have history in those areas too to like pull from that because I'm sure they're not from every part of this country. So. Right, but it would be, I, Excuse me. I really like the idea of the suspense aspect. Mm. Something that would be like, if that possibly did happen, that would terrify me. Like those are the things that I like. Mm. like things that can't happen don't really bother me too much. But there's much. so much of it that but can happen something that could happen that you could see possibly happening, like shady deals with people uh, mm-hmm. on the street mm-hmm. like that's something that could happen but having a shady deal with somebody on the street and you don't realize that that person is the devil literally the, the devil de- or whatever form whatever you know uh, or yeah. a demon then yeah like that could be something that would be terrifying Mm. I got to learn more about this stuff. I started because I feel like there's so much terminology to, to expressing and understanding like the idea of be- belief in that sense. I think why I like horror so much is that I think there's elements to it that are all true or could possibly happen. There could be some terrible angry ghosts here in our apartment that may try to murder us one day. I don't know. I can't say it can't happen. Not me. I, will, I, I don't know why. I would, it's <laughs> it's like, it wouldn't be trying to murder me. Well, see, in every movie, and thing like you watch, there's no reason why they decide to stick to you. But if they find a reason to like adhere to your soul for whatever reason, because they just hate things, you know, it what could they, happen. Wait, what do they say on the... And that's why we drink, when in doubt, stage it out. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. How many Fuzzy Froes would you give Soul City New Orleans season one? I think I would give it three. I see the potential... It, it's. I feel like it's right on the cusp of being something really great and being, like, one of those things where you're like, man, I can't wait to tune in, like, then for the next season mm, or the next see episode. Yeah. how this goes. Yeah. Uh, I'm somewhere between, I think part of me wants to say two and a half to three because the two and a half comes to I think I was expecting more. And I was a little disappointed in it. But I saw, like you said, so much potential, and like even talking about now and the things that we pulled from it, uh, there, like you said, I, I would love to if they if they said if they announced tomorrow, hey, we're dropping season two, I'd be like I'd watch it, I'd do another free trial topic, and <laughs> and I would watch it, um, and I I I'm interested to see more, and maybe if depending on the city the the way they tell it might be different. Right, I'm. I would be interested to see the next season because I would want to know if they were able to go and move, like, kind of move the needle forward, Mm. like progress. So it's like, oh, okay, so it's like gradually getting like better, and you're like, okay, this is really starting to come together now. You know, like I get it. There are some shows when I start watching them, I'm like, man, this is really. I can't. Mm-hmm. Like when people are like, "Oh, Parks and Rex is a great is a great sh- sh- series." It's got its moments, but I can't get through season one. I'm mm-hmm. like, I can't get through season one. People are like, "No, you got to season two is where it really gets good." And I'm like, "But if I can't gr- get through episode one of mm-hmm. season one, I can't get to episode so to Season two. That's true. You just gotta play. It. Like this is what I do. I play stuff in the background while I'm doing other things, so I at least get. The background of things, and I could progress on. Because yeah, I never really liked the beginning of The Office, and I right. I don't really like, love The Office. I but didn't I didn't like the beginning of The Office either, and it took me a long time just to get through season one. But once I got past season mm-hmm. one, then I was like, oh, this is really funny. Now I see why so many people like it. But until that point, I had I no, no idea. idea. I was like, I don't know why people ha- like this. It's like I think it's because it builds off of inside jokes, and then once you like the fir- the first season, at least for me, for Parks and Rec the first season is like building the character development. So there isn't as much comedy because you don't really know these people. And by season like two and three and onwards, you, you know them more. So there's like, it seems entertaining, but again, but the reason I love it is because Ron Swanson, that's like my favorite character, but that was the, and not to get too deep into that. Yes, But those were just some examples yes. of things where it's like, you know, it might have a rough first season, but then it starts to come together. It's like Juju. I think there was so yes. so much potential in it, and I h- really hope that they get a season two. But who knows with the way? That I know they were doing they funding would, would but be able to get a, do a season two because yeah. there are a lot of good ideas, and mm-hmm. to see how, um, she would be able to bring all of that together to create this world. Yeah, would be very interesting to see. It's a great time to be. Well, it is a great time to be black, and it is also a very dangerous <laughs> to be black. Well, I mean. <laughs> now that tyler perio has his own studio i mean tyler why are you not coming out here and getting some actual good stuff you know they've got all these options out here that are making good material we will see i have we have no idea what what he's up to that's true he's been quiet but but for sure he's still got he's still oprah you got money he's still putting out out he's still putting out content and he's now he has his own studio and everything. So, oh, you know what? It's I not heard like about? it's not like there's no place to possibly go. That's true. I I forgot to tell you uh Nia DaCosta or Nikki DaCosta, I forgot how to say her name, but she's the first black woman who's going to be doing a Marvel or directing a Marvel movie. What Marvel movie uh, is she directing? Uh, that's what I have to look up because I remember seeing something and this and this just made me think of it. It's like there's all these new things coming out uh, with POC uh, is because they had to wait for Black Panther for years. Black people have been saying we can do movies and people will come see them. They had to get to Black Panther and then the entire world had to be like, Hey, black people really can make an entire movie. Right. Okay. So this is what she, this is what I know her from. So there was supposed to be the new Candyman movie coming out this June. Yes. That was like, it was going to be interesting. And I was super excited about it because my friend Sarah uh, my friend Sarah is in the movie, and oh, they were the one who told me about it. I think they die in the beginning, oh. but oh. they were they were in a scene, and I was like, okay, I de- A, I love Candyman, b it's Chicago based, and see my friends in it, so I have to see it. But I think it got delayed with COVID. COVID yeah, but she directed that one, oh. and then the Mar- I think she's doing oh she's doing the second Captain Marvel movie. Oh really? Yes, she's that's gonna, gonna be she's gonna direct that one. I don't know if she's doing the writing for it, but I know she's directing it. Yeah, that would be interesting. So keep eyes out, y'all. Things are falling out of the sky every time I'm. This is why, as much as I hate Instagram, I scroll because I end up finding things that I did not know existed, and that I are of interest. And I guess that's why I'm okay with keeping social media around. And that's l- literally why. So thank well, you. You're I guess. doing better than I am because I still cannot. Seem to figure out social media. I can't seem to figure out Instagram. I'm, I'm like, th- I don't know. I'm it's s- only because I started Instagram before I left Korea, and I had time to like learn. And then most of my friends use it. Otherwise, I still don't know what I'm doing. So yeah, I have no idea. It's it's a it's work for me every time I do something. Either way, so I ho- check out Soul City on topic or Amazon it's a, Prime. It's or a, or a Apple. quick. It's a quick. It's literally yeah. Each episode is like 15 minutes. So. Right. Uh let us know how you feel what are we uh, reading next or what are we discussing we are next gonna though? be discussing parable of the sower what by I? octavia butler octavia e butler i apologize octavia e butler the mama of sci-fi she's one of my favorite writers i'm so mad at myself for never discovering her earlier but i'm glad i did when i did and i'm super excited to talk about this book y'all it is going to be quite the conversation we're gonna have next time. Right. So make sure you read the book before we you get to it. what we have to if say. If you can't, yeah. And then it's actually a two part. There's parable of the sower, and then parable of the talents is the follow up. Kristen hasn't read the second book yet, but I thought Kindred was the next one. No, Kindred. No, I'm talking about in the series. Oh, okay. Parable of the Sower, and, and then the parable, parable of the Talents. talents. Um, Kindred. We are reading Kindred next month, which is also by her because of Antebellum. So right. Oh, right. Got it. Hopefully, we can I'm watch I'm, that. I'm here. I, I, I'm we back got it. Now. It's all got right. It. It's all right. So come and join us next time on this fantastic voyage. And we're gonna put back the crayons in the box. We're gonna put the crayons back in the box. Bye. We will see you next time. Bye. Find us at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Bye. Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, cast and Radio Public. Don't forget to like our podcast and give us a five-star rating. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook. Please follow us there. And music by... Uh,